If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at NutritionW.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Navigator Podcast where we believe in the body's ability to heal itself. I'm Brian Strickland, the producer of the show, and we've got a great guest lined up today. Devin Alvarez is the founder of Straight Hemp out of Denver, Colorado, and is here to speak with us on one of the fastest growing supplements on the market today, CBD. So without further delay, here's your host, Ed Jones. Thank you, Brian, very much. And I'm so excited as always to do this podcast. Uh, we just learned that we are in the top 50 in the ranking, rankings of podcasts. That is mind-boggling when you consider we've only done how many, probably, Brian? Eight uh, podcasts uh, that we're going to be moving to 40 and 30 very quickly. And, of course, everything that makes us go up on those ratings is you going into iTunes and rating and reviewing. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for being so loyal and helping us to do this. Today, I want to talk about one of my pet projects, one of my absolute uh, angels in my toolbox for health, and that is the thing called CBD or legally better worded hemp oil. And I came across uh, this product about three to three and a half years ago at a convention. A company had given me a sample, and I was walking through uh, this huge uh, convention center, and I took a dose of it under my tongue. I walked for about three to five minutes and knew that I had never taken anything that affected me the way that this CBD did, as far as calming me down, uh, making me focus. Uh, I just was blown away. So I went back and had a long conversation with the people, learned uh, a good amount about it, and knew that life would never be the same as far as uh, this conversation. And then we continued to learn more and more. And it is now, thank goodness, the, a bill called the Farm Bill has passed. And that's going to give us a lot more uh, flexibility and legalities. Not a perfect world, but uh, a better place than we were before. And today we have. I consider one of the experts that I've ever spoke to about this topic. His name is Devin Alvarez from Straight Hemp. And welcome, Devin, to the Holistic Navigator. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for having us on. Uh, we had a good long conversation yesterday, and uh, you actually spoke uh, in a local community to a packed house. And I was so impressed because there's massive amount of confusion on this topic of CBD, which stands for cannabinoids or can cannabidiol. There's different thing, ways you can say it. But I'm kind of like, I've been preaching for 40 years, the, the, like these categories of, of needed uh, stuff out of your toolbox to maintain health. One, of course, is 
supplements. I totally know that we have to have the right supplements to age gracefully. We have to have the correct food done in the right proportions. We have to have exercise. We have to have right uh, healthy sleep. But I'm almost putting CBD in its own category of something that is uh, as necessary as, as almost vitamin D. So tell the listeners, let's go from an angle of they don't really know hardly anything about this. What is it and why would it be something that people want to consider? Right. So, we'll, you know, I'll jump into that in just a moment. But I want to echo what you were you were saying there in terms of, uh, you know, this being almost a vital nutrient to our our bodies. Uh, there's not. Uh, it's almost like. Uh, you know, we have, so we have this endocannabinoid system in our body, which is a, which is a natural, mm-hmm. you know, system like the serotonin system or the dopamine system. And, uh, it's almost as if, uh, we evolved to interact with these plants over time. And, uh, if, uh, have you ever seen Michael Pollan's work? You ever studied any of his stuff like yes. botany of desire? And oh, things? yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this, you know, this plant, the hemp plant, the cannabis plant that makes these cannabinoids has been part of our culture before recorded history. Uh, and, and back in even prehistoric times, they found it with, with humans. And so it begs the question, uh, did we evolve with this plant? And, uh, I, I would, I, I echo your sentiments in terms of this being a, a vital nutrient and at large in society, uh, there is some mounting medical evidence to support the idea of this endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. And, uh, but, uh, so getting back to your, your question, what is, what is CBD and how does it work? Uh, CBD cannabidiol is, is a type of cannabinoid. It's, cannabinoids are terpenes, uh, which are really the essential oils of, of plants. Now, cannabinoids aren't, aren't really found in any other uh, plants in large quantities, not like they are found in cannabis and hemp. And uh, cannabidiol, CBD, is, is one component of hemp essential oils that, that work on the body in a myriad ways. We refer to that as polypharmaceutical. Uh, so in addition to, <clears throat> so CBD is kind of the buzzword and that's what everyone's learning about right now. But behind CBD, there are, there are hundreds of compounds uh, that can have an effect in the system and provide the overall experience and the healing power of, of a hemp extract or hemp essential oil. Uh, but let's focus on CBD for a second. So CBD works uh, on the endocannabinoid system, as we were discussing, but it also works on a number of other systems in the body, the serotonin system, uh, the dopamine system, uh, something called your endovanillinoid system, which is a a less Mm well-known system, but something that everyone's experienced. So for instance, if you've ever eaten a hot pepper, the experience of eating something hot is regulated by that endovanillinoid system. And its effects on these different systems are what's affecting that overall health outcome. So let's talk about the endocannabinoid system for a second. You, we've identified two primary receptors in that system, the CB1 and the CB2. And it is a what they call a partial agonist of the CB2, but what they call an allosteric modulator of the CB1. So it's, it's creating an electrical impulse and a signal at the CB2 but it is, uh, it's changing what they call the conformational shape of the CB1. Mm-hmm. So it's changing the way other things interact with the CB1 while it's activating the CB2. And, uh, and then it's also increasing the natural levels uh, of an endocannabinoid called anandamide. So, you know, cannabinoids exist in nature. They're biosynthesized by plants. But the human body and actually mammals, period, uh, 
make their own cannabinoids internally to regulate a variety of functions to include relaxation, uh, sleep, uh, mood, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it increases the levels of anandamide naturally in the body uh, and it helps and anandamide interacts with that CB1 system. Mm, okay. And so it is, it's, it's inducing some relaxation responses in that manner. It's mm-hmm. improving mood function. Uh, and that's its CB1 functions and the CB2, uh, which is generally associated with the inflammation response in the body. Uh, it's, which may explain some of the effects it has on, for instance, the cytokine response or the microglial response, these key, um, immune system markers that are often associated with autoimmune disorders. Uh, and then in the serotonin system, it's, it's also a partial agonist. So it's activating that system, which, uh, may, may explain some of its anti-anxiety effects Mm -hmm. that it has on folks. Uh, and in the endovanillinoid system, which is associated with how we perceive pain. So for instance, you know, that chili pepper experience, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's called uh, noisoceptive pain. And that noisoceptive pain is, is, is our, our interpretation of pain, right? Mm. So its effects on that system are one of the ways that it's having perhaps an impact on the pain experience. Gotcha. And that's just, you know, that's just one segment of what mm. CBD is doing in the body. Uh, they're finding it to have, you know, in addition to these neurotransmitter effects, also epigenetic effects. So you have this system called the PPAR gamma system and it, 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 it resides on the nucleus of your, uh, in your cell where your DNA gets expressed. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has some epigenetic effects. It's affecting how your DNA is getting expressed, uh, as well as cell signaling effects. So for instance, um, <clears throat> Dr. Ralph Machulam out of Israel has some papers out there that show that it downregulates the microglial response in the brain, which is microglial cells are, are generally the recyclers of the body, particularly in the brain. So when you suffer a, a concussion or traumatic brain injury, the microglial cells will start, you know, cleaning up the debris, but <clears throat> they get into a positive feedback loop and kind of get out of control. And that's when you start de- getting, uh, you know, neuroinflammation and mm-hmm. damage to the brain. And they're showing that CBD helps downregulate that and signals to the cells to essentially calm down and reduce in number. And, uh, you know, that's just the CBD component. And so these other parts uh, of the puzzle, ter- the terpenes, myrcene, beta-caryophylline, humulene, pinene, there's, there's really a lot of them out there. They also have a whole spectrum of bioactive effects in the body. Yeah. Well, that is what a wonderful explanation for, for a very complex conversation. There is no doubt that the science is mounting uh, every week, probably on CBD, but it's not an easy science to fully understand unless you were someone like yourself who's delved into it. I'll, I will say on a personal note again, uh, I will I will use CBD as long as I live, and I will do it the same way that I do every other thing, which is my supplements, my workout. I'll do it in the wisest manner possible by learning from people who are experts like yourself. Now, again, for myself, I use it sometimes for anxieties. I don't have much of that, but I have anxiousness. I mean, we all do in this chaotic world at times, most of us. Uh, But I also sometimes use it for sleep. It doesn't always work for me, but sometimes it does. It's an odd little molecule for that. I will do it, of course, for discomfort, uh, but it... Yeah, I can feel this overall balancing effect. That's really what my whole focus of 
eating and living is, is creating homeostasis of true balance where uh, I actually have described CBD in this manner. And tell me if this is uh, accurate or not. I say if you if you consider a huge orchestra with uh, a thousand instruments playing with a thousand people, you have to have an orchestra director. And CBD kind of is the director that can pinpoint and kind of regulate all of these different instruments. Does that sound kind of accurate? Yeah, I would I would say so. The, it it you know that endocannabinoid system and its functions in the body it is helping to provide a certain level of homeostasis mm-hmm. and regulation and and uh, you know the the issues you describe and using it are are really kind of the summary of all of that that science and all those receptors and this mm-hmm. you know all these different mechanisms of action at the end of the day it helps with discomfort in life and and uh, and helps you stay relaxed but calm and still with mm-hmm. a lot of clarity, you know? Well, let me ask you, uh, because the the most important thing about this, and I know from my uh, experiences, is it's a wild, wild west right now in regard to the marketing, the products, the way these little stores are opening everywhere with, you know, CBD. And I'm kind of, I'm not kind of, I am very concerned about the fact that they are, you know, not going to offer the kind of product that I believe we should be doing, which is more of a full spectrum. Can you explain what the difference between what a really good company like Straight Hemp would do opposed to uh, some who won't do it on that level? Right. Yeah. I'm glad that we're talking about this. You know, quality control right now in this industry is is all mm-hmm. over the place. It's not well regulated. Uh, now that the farm bill's passed, we're going to have an opportunity to to raise the bar in the industry across the board. With the uh, with the FDA, et cetera, but uh, you know. So first, let's let's talk about a, a paper that was published by the Journal of American Medicine uh, not long ago, where they surveyed eighty different products that were being sold online that you know were labeled as CBD products, and they found that sixty nine percent of those products were inaccurately labeled with respect to the CBD and THC content, and you know that's that's one of the easiest things to get right in this, in, in this space. And the fact that, you know, almost 70% of the companies they surveyed, uh, were off with that regard is really an indicator that it's, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg. I mean, things that you need to be concerned about are not only, you know, the cannabinoid, uh, dosing and accurate labeling of these products, but there's pesticide issues, there's heavy metal issues, there are uh, solvent issues, there's mold and mildew issues. You know, these things are all very important to pay attention to from a production process and a, and a product standpoint. So, you know, the issue with having an inaccurately labeled uh, amount of CBD is getting the dosing correct. While it's a pretty, it's a very safe product, uh, you know, you want to be able to dial in your dosing and be as accurate as possible with that. Uh, with, uh, with the THC side of things, because in some of these products, you do get trace THC. It's just part of the hemp plant. Uh, but in instances, you know, they found instances of products where there was there was way too much THC in there and you could inadvertently, you know, get high and have an experience that you're really not looking for. So mm. um, uh, and this was recently confirmed, this quality control variance and issue with uh, with a, a recent paper that was published by um, a European group as well. And this is something I saw time and time again working in the professional marijuana side of things prior to founding straight hemp, I had the opportunity to work as a quality control engineer in Mm -hmm. Colorado. And, you know, 
we were helping institute the concept of quality control for the first time in the marijuana space because, you know, it was coming out of the closet, so to mm-hmm. speak, and into uh, into the marketplace. And and the concept of quality control uh, didn't people really didn't get it at mm-hmm. first. And uh, and so we saw a lot of weird things like uh, people selling CBD products that didn't have any CBD. I actually left a company over that. Um, we saw a lot of pesticide issues, you know, the, the plant, uh, when, uh, grown in situations where it could be humid, uh, particularly like in the Southeast or in a greenhouse or something like that, it is prone to mold and mildew mm-hmm. contamination. And so, you know, the mold and mildew is an issue because you can, you know, a lot of folks that take these products have, have compromised immune systems, mm-hmm. right? And then beyond that, the response to dealing with the mold and mildew issue when you have a million dollar crop on the line is to unfortunately go in there and people just spray it with whatever pesticides they can. So one of the issues we were running into in the marijuana side of things in Colorado was people using uh, something called myclobutanol, which is also known as Eagle 20. And this stuff causes sterility in males as one of its, one of its Mm. issues. Right. And so it's dangerous stuff. And, uh, uh, we're going to see, and we are seeing these kinds of issues crop up on the hemp side of things as well. And until we have stricter regulations in place and, uh, or some kind of certification seal that we can all get behind, uh, it's going to be variable. And the way to, as a consumer to protect yourself against this stuff is to ask those companies for their certificates of analysis or their COAs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then unfortunately, even if they generate a COA for you, that's not, that's not necessarily going to say that it's the the best thing because not all labs are created equal in this space. It's an emerging science with Mm -hmm. quality control. So, you know, you could have one lab that's coming from a position of agricultural science where the variances and tolerances are a lot different. Um, Or you could have another lab that's coming from kind of the pharmaceutical background where they're going to be a little more on the money with things. And uh, so, so, I mean, it is disconcerting. I mean, that's frankly why I founded the company. I, uh, I, I wanted to uh, really produce the, the highest quality products possible and uh, be able to bring those to my family uh, and be assured that they were going to be good. Well, and people need that assurance. And even when and if the regulatory nature of this gets on board, that still doesn't relieve you of being a very uh, conscientious investigator of the product because, you know, everything ranges from good, better, best and in the best perspective. And I have used many different uh, CBD and hemp oil products with varying results. And I will have to say, I have a few brand preferences as far as like, if I'm anxious, one certain brand sometimes seems to hit the buttons a little better than another. But as far as your straight hemp, um, I most of the time feel the effects that I desire from using the straight hemp that you produce. Now, I am always in a state of confusion slightly about my personal dosing. And I know that, you know, there's, I know that, and I want you to mention a a website fairly quickly here. If people want to learn a lot more about this and they got to go or go, you know, go to work or whatever, I want you to give a good website, but back to the dosing, you know, I will use one eyedropper uh, three to four times a day and a uh, like every four to six hours. But that's me. What is your personal and also your professional recommendations for people? Sure. And uh, just regarding a website, there's something called uh, projectcbd.org. 
that uh, I really encourage folks to check out for more information. And I imagine we can probably stick that in the show notes for everybody to go to. I love that site. Yeah. So, uh, well, personally, I I like to take a 150 milligram dose in the morning. Uh, I generally take a bulletproof coffee in the morning, blend it up with some MCT oil. Put the hemp, uh, put the put the full spectrum extract in there. And how many eyedroppers is that? So with our product, that is uh, five eyedroppers. Okay. You know, and I'm a big guy. I'm 240 pounds, and so, uh, you know, for for a 150 pound person, it would be half that or something. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so dosing is a uh, dosing is what we get our most questions on. You know, folks generally know it's it's working for one thing or another. Uh, per- my recommendation fundamentally is to start low and go slow. Find your minimum effective dose. Uh, it's it is a it's a very safe product. So if if you're into extreme sports, you can take larger doses and kind of and back down and find out. You know, you can kind of approach it two ways. You could take a larger dose and and back down to your effect, or you could start very low mm-hmm. and kind of titrate up weekly mm-hmm. uh, or daily to effect. Uh, so in the literature, I'm going to give you some numbers. And these numbers are related to CBD isolate by itself. And, uh, and this is important to note because CBD as an isolate, as pure CBD molecule, has uh, the effects or its behavior in the body is different. When, when you have it with uh, a little bit of THC and some of these other terpenes we were talking about, the effects of it are, are a lot more potent. And, and, you're, and straight hemp is using a full spectrum, not an isolate. Correct. Yeah. We do not make any isolate products. I I think that, uh, you know, we find that isolate products can be difficult and Mm -hmm. challenging for folks to use and you really don't get, you know, the, the full spectrum of health Mm -hmm. benefits really. And, uh, we, we have some graphs that we like to show folks. One's a bell curve and one is a, is a, is kind of a dose dependent linear line kind of up and to the right. And, uh, I can provide that for y'all to show folks as well, but, but basically, um, with a, you know, so 0.3 milligrams per kilogram uh, to 10 milligrams per kilogram for pure CBD isolate is the dose range mm-hmm. and literature that they're finding to be effective for various conditions. Now, um, keeping in mind that that's a CBD isolate, we would expect to find with a full spectrum product that our, our dose thresholds for good effect are going to be lower than that. So 0.1 milligram per kilogram to uh, five milligrams per kilogram. And we're talking about CBD standardization here mm-hmm. and from product to product, depending on the plants they're using and the production methodologies, you know, they they could be getting different, uh, complementary terpenes that are also modulating this effect. So unlike, uh, unlike an aspirin or a traditional medicine you'll get from the doctor, you know, we don't have a necessarily, you know, take two in the morning and call me later kind mm-hmm. of thing with the stuff folks need to be willing to experiment a little bit to find the right place. But, uh, you know, so for, for 150 pound person, we're looking at, you know, five to 10 milligrams a day as a starting baseline and, and they can kind of incrementally move up, uh, to get to the effect they're looking for. Now, again, you did one time a day dosing, but do you recommend that for most people? Right. So, uh, I probably do one time a day dosing cause I'm so busy that I forget okay. to do it later, mm-hmm. but, uh, there, you know, depending on what you're, de- what you're trying to manage, by using these supplements, you may want to dose in a different manner. So for instance, if you're taking something so that you can get better sleep at night, mm-hmm. uh, it might be prudent to go ahead and take this stuff closer to your bedtime so that you can, you can have that long lasting effect through the night. And then, you know, this is, we're just talking about an, you know, an edible product here. There are multiple delivery systems to look at. We offer uh, three different delivery systems. We offer 
an inhalable delivery system. We offer a topical through the skin and we offer the edible and there's, there's benefits to each of those, uh, with, uh, with the edible, you're getting the longest lasting effects. You're getting, you know, um, six to 10 hours of good effect with the product. Whereas with an inhalation, you're getting two to four hours, but the onset time is different. So when you eat it, you know, you're looking at 20 to 45 minutes before it kicks in and start having an, having an effect. Whereas when you inhale it, it's almost instantaneous. And when you say edible, you're talking about the oil. I'm talking about an oil. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, not a candy or anything. Okay. Yep. Talking about an oil, which you can also apply sublingually as well, which, uh, you know, so with, with any oil, you can, uh, you can apply it sublingually, keep it in your mouth. You're going to get a faster absorption rate. Um, uh, it's going to come on quicker mm-hmm. and uh, more, it's going to be more bioavailable to you. Whereas if you eat it, you know, it goes through first pass and you get 10 to 20%, you mm-hmm. know, it gets into your system depending on. Yeah. Well, I love that. And, and, and j- just to kind of reiterate, when you buy an isolate, you're not going to get the same effects from the same dose that you would a full spectrum. So full spectrum may cost a little more, but you're going to be able to use less of it. Now, here's also one other thing that I've experienced through a lot of, I guess I would call uh, counseling with lots of people about their health. I had, uh, we happened to have a VA hospital not far from here. And about a year and a half ago, people started in coming influx to me and asking about how do I manage my life because I'm no longer able to get opiates. And it was a, um, a learning curve for sure, because, you know, you can read all you want and listen, but it really, the rubber meets the road when, when I talk to someone and they actually do something and then we reevaluate and we go back and, you know, we keep uh, evaluating to reach a goal. Well, I feel pretty confident that, you know, this product has one of the greatest hopes and promises to help people not use life-threatening opiates. Uh, But this gentleman came in and he was 70 years old and had a many multiple injuries from the military. And he said, they've either reduced or taking him off opiates. And he said, I have to be honest with you. Uh, if I don't reduce this pain, I am going to kill myself mm. within the next few weeks. Mm. And I can't do anything that's an opiate anymore. I said, well, sir, let's do this. Let's start with, you know, one eyedropper three to four times a day. But also, I'm a huge absolute believer that we need to raise vitamin D levels to a very significant amount. I put him on 20,000 units a day, which is real inexpensive. And then also a, a high quality brand of curcumin uh, because most brands are not working and you have to get really good quality ones like Terry Naturally or, or several that we recommend. He came back two weeks later and he said, you know what? I'm not sure. I think it's working, but I want to continue another two weeks. I said, okay, let's do this. Do two eyedroppers four times a day. He came back two weeks later and said that he was sitting on the back porch and all of a sudden he just realized out of the clear blue that he had no pain at that moment. That's amazing. And he said, you know, it didn't last uh, hours and hours, but it was the turning point for him that he gave him hope through a product that's so safe and natural. I mean, I know you hear those stories too, don't you, Devin? I do. Yeah. In fact, that was my primary motivation in, in getting started in this work was uh, I had lost a, uh, I'd lost a stepfather to uh, opiate addiction. He, uh, he was a blue collar guy, a millwright, and he had bad back problems and they had him on fentanyl. And, uh, he got, he overdosed and he, we lost him. And, uh, 
And my uh, my mother, who's been a waitress her entire life, uh, has hip arthritis and things. And she, uh, you know, they just give her prescription for Percocet for the longest time. And she takes them, you know, and she got addicted too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very hard not to get addicted to these things. Uh, opiates are, are dangerous because they cause allodynia in the body. And they, you know, the more you take them, the more sensitive they make you to pain. They stop working after a while. It's horrible. Uh, however, the great news is that uh, my mother has been opiate free now for, you know, over 180 days. Mm-hmm. She was able to get off of them. And she claims that, you know, it was using these products that really helped her in a huge way. And, um, you know, the, the folks like the gentleman you're talking about, sometimes you do need to take a larger dose of these things to have those effects. Um, especially when you've been deep, deep in an issue like opiates, mm-hmm. uh, for, for some time. And, um, you know, the great thing about these, these, this class of product is it's very safe for people. It's not addictive. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't feed, you don't have to just keep taking more and more. It's nothing like an opiate in that sense. And actually it ends up, so there's some research out there that shows that the CBD helps, um, re- reduce the density or essentially delete, uh, two of the three opioid receptors in the body. So which, which helps reduce cravings, which helps reduce, reduce withdrawal, um, and reduce these allodynic effects. And uh, that's actually why we made the the larger bottle that mm-hmm. we carry. Uh, we, we make a 4,000 milligram bottle. Uh, and, uh, you know, we wanted to get this in a, in a price point that would be affordable to somebody who needed to take a large amount of it every day. Well, that's wonderful because not all companies do that. And uh, clarify this for me, because uh, with all my readings, uh, I had come across a couple studies that show that on PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is debilitating to millions in this country through either military, through just life, uh, traumatic events that basically lock your brain into this kind of of, uh, frozen, anxious state that you really seem to have no control over. The wiring is actually at fault. And some studies were kind of pointing to the fact that the right dose of CBD could actually rewire some of these broken connections. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, it does. So, so there is literature out there in, in the, in the medical evidence that supports that, that notion. And I mean, uh, so one of the ways it could be do well, so first of all, it's almost like our society at large is dealing with complex PTSD, you know, yeah, exactly. from, from, you know, I mean, they've shown that trauma is, can be transgenerational and can be given through the genetics from, from your, from our past, you know, so, so, you know, we grew up sort of generationally fighting our way out of nature, out of the mud, uh, whether it was a, whether it was an infection or a disease or a saber tooth tiger or something, uh, we've developed this complex PTSD, uh, over thousands of years and, uh, it's not really serving us anymore. And, uh, and, and one of the ways that the CBD is having an effect is, uh, First of all, by impacting, you know, that serotonin system and in enhancing mood. Uh, but there's also this thing called the HPA axis in your body, the hippocampus pituitary adrenal gland complex. And they've, they've shown that that uh, has a lot to do with how PTSD manifests in the body. And there's evidence out there that is, that is indicating that, um, that the, the interplay with the endocannabinoid system in the HPA axis is reducing um, the substrate for some of the stress hormones like cortisol, mm-hmm. et cetera, that are kind of the chemical messengers for how we relate emotion and memory and current experience, which is which is really kind of how PTSD plays out. 
And um, ultimately, you know, it's also one of the, you know, being able to be in a more relaxed state when you're, when these things are coming up for you allows you to rewire your neural imprints Mm -hmm. around them. It's one of the reasons why the, um, the MDMA therapy that uh, MAPS is working on right now, which is in phase three uh, trial seems to be so effective. And um, we uh, we've had an experience with a number of veterans that come in and, and use these products just, just for that. Uh, I, I just am always, I'm my whole life's been so connected passionately to the belief that the human body and psyche have so much more capabilities to be healthy and to get well than we give it credit for, especially the mainstream philosophical approach that there's a pill to fix everything. Well, the pills they're talking about are certainly not the pills that I embrace in my life or we talk about on here. Uh, But as far as, you know, the farm bill really quickly, it just passed and, you know, not that far uh, past. What will that mean for the future of CBD? And if anyone's listening and they're worried about the legalities traveling across state lines or flying in airplanes, what's the deal? Right. So uh, the farm bill was a huge piece of legislation for the industry. Um, it's a little it's still a little ambiguous how it's all going to turn out. But fundamentally, what the farm bill did was gave the congressional stamp of approval to 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 the industry. And, you know, to what degree it's segmented into pharmacy to what degree it's segmented into natural products is kind of still to be determined in some degree. Um, there is some, you know, so prior to the farm bill passing, we were operating kind of in a gray market. You know, we had the 2014 farm bill that, that spelled out the opportunities to do this, but, uh, there was still a lot of ambiguity around it. And this, this really, it permanently removed the DEA from the picture. So mm-hmm. it, it basically, one of the biggest things the farm bill did is it said, listen, Hemp is not a controlled substance. It does not on the Controlled Substances Act. Um, it is permanently like not ever on that anymore. So that removes it from the DEA's purview. And so then the only federal regulatory body is going to be the USDA and the FDA. And uh, and uh, there there are some there's some there's still a lot of ambiguity around. Okay, well, is CBD itself going to only be allowed in pharmacy? Um, or, or, or will it be allowed as a dietary supplement? Um, you know, originally the FDA took the position that CBD was, uh, was a drug and wasn't allowed as a dietary supplement, but they all, but they also took the position that, you know, hemp was a dietary supplement. It's been in, it's been in use, you know, for thousands of years. Uh, however, they have recently made some public statements that indicate that they are maybe shifting their position some. Mm-hmm. And uh, so their original logic for that was that uh, the original, the IND, it's called an IND, an investigational new drug patent uh, or application that was, that was put in by GW Pharmaceuticals a few years ago. And essentially the way it works is uh, if I have a new ingredient that hasn't been marketed as a dietary supplement, kind of whoever makes it to market first, either I, if I market as a dietary supplement first, or if I put an IND on it first, kind of dictates which path it goes down uh, in the FDA's eyes. But what's what's unique about this is is hemp products have been sold for a long time, and CBD is a natural part of pretty much any hemp product. Uh, it, when when you're dealing with like an essential oil or an extract or something like that, so so the future looks bright as far as it can be with government. Yeah, no, the future's never been brighter for hemp. Really, right. okay. I mean, uh, like our our position here at Trade Hemp is we're you know we're working on some 
some FDA pipeline stuff to to establish drug claims mm-hmm. over this uh, over over these effects, but also still maintain its position as a dietary supplement. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're hoping to take this as essentially kind of the Tylenol space, uh, right? Like we want this to be available over the counter. Uh-huh. It's very safe. You know, mm-hmm. we want doctors to be able to recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like people to to be able to get insurance claims for it, but still make it make it widely available. Lovely. And and as far as traveling with it on a plane and a car, what's the issues right now? Totally okay to do that now. Okay. You know, now, however, that doesn't mean that local law enforcement right. won't be confused. And we still <laughs> see this happening sometimes. For instance, there was a, uh, um, a CEO for a hemp company traveling out of Czechoslovakia and I believe it was Florida recently. And they, uh, they confiscated her hemp lotion mm. claiming it had trace amounts of THC in it. Right. And so they're still under the impression. So I haven't had any problems. It's very, we very rarely hear that problems are reported, but you know, you could still have a local uh, Leo who, who doesn't really understand the space. But the great news is, you know, every time it's gone to court so far, so for instance, uh, actually was here in Tennessee with Operation Candy Crush, where uh, there was a, I think it was Rutt County, they they went and busted a bunch of shops, I think like 23, confiscated all their CBD products, locked them up, uh, but the the judge threw the case out, and I believe, Mm. and, and, uh, and, and restored these companies back to their original position. Now, that was pre-farm bill, Mm -hmm. um, and now post-farm bill, we're going to continue, I think, to see um, education. Yeah. That was a real comedy act when you, we watched the news the next day with the sheriff and yeah, these people there got this CBD and they think it's not marijuana, but it is. So we're stopping them. Yeah. And it was just a real joke. But as far the last question is, and I know I've dealt with this to far more degree than I would have liked to. Uh, first off, in my opinion is don't trust any CBD that says it does not have THC if you're in a job like a truck driver, a pilot or this or that, because there are people who have lost their jobs because of being tested positive. Um, where's, where, where's this going to go with people who are using a product that's legal, but yet they get fired? Is there options? Right. So, yeah, that... That is an interesting topic because uh, so my my prediction for the future is we're going to, con- you know, we're going to continue to see folks uh, who have jobs where they do drug testing, get into some hot water around these legal products. And uh, I think we're going to, oh, as you know, as we establish precedent in the court system, be able to sort of change the tide in the future. I mean, we have, um, for instance, I believe it's Maine recently passed a law. You can't, you can't, uh, you, you know take someone's job away from them or otherwise hurt them if they're using a product that's legal. Um, and, uh, but to get back, you know, what you said very in the beginning there was if, you know, if you do have a job where you have to be concerned about a drug test, um, any hemp product that you take, you do need to be concerned about, even if they claim to have zero THC, Mm -hmm. because the re the way that they are claiming they have zero THC is uh, of course they're using a production process, either an isolation process or a, a you know preparatory chromatography to remove the THC. But it's a lot like a it's a lot like a peanut allergy, right? I could make a, a food product in a factory that also manufactures things with peanuts. I may not have actual peanuts in my food, but I may have some peanut dust on there, and that peanut dust can trigger an allergic reaction. And so, any amount of residual THC that's present uh, because it bioaccumulates in the body and it's fat soluble could build up in the body and eventually mm-hmm. trigger a, a positive drug test. Although you're not getting high or having any of these effects. 
And, uh, and that's something important to know because there are a lot of companies out there claiming, you know, this is, uh, you know, you won't fail a drug test. Mm-hmm. It's totally safe. And they're, they're setting people up for, you know, to not make an, an informed decision. And until we have something uh, that is clinically validated across multiple mm-hmm. populations, we can't really make that claim. And the, the analytical equipment they use to measure whether or not THC is present, I mean, the, the best equipment in the world still has a limited de- detection. It doesn't say, none of these things say zero for sure. What they say is below our LOD, below mm. our limit of detection. Okay. Yeah. Well, one thing I've found through experience, and we're going to end up closing this soon here, but the certificate of analysis that you talk about, which is, of course, paperwork that a company will provide that shows the uh, analysis of different constituents of a product. What we found in many of the CBD companies is, oh, yeah, they'd send us one. It looked really good, had all the right numbers, but every batch that we would get they wouldn't send a new certificate of analysis. They sent the same one they sent the first box. So they were not doing regular certificates of analysis like Straight Hemp does. I mean, I have a gentleman who really researches this, and he's so impressed with how your company, Straight Hemp, has checked all the boxes exactly the way it should be as a company. Uh, For people listening who want to learn more about your company, uh, how could they find that on the web? Yeah, so they can visit us at uh, straighthemp.com. Mm-hmm. On the web, they can find us on Facebook. Um, in either case, you know, you can you can reach out through a little chat bot right there and talk to somebody live at the company. Uh, if it's during normal business hours, you typically get a response instantly. Yeah. Wonderful. Is there any last comment or anything you'd like to say before we close out? Yeah. Also, another caveat with the space is that there are drug-to-drug interactions with this product. You know, folks, uh, some folks out there are espousing it's, it's totally 100% safe. Take as much as you want, et cetera. Uh, there are, you know, there haven't been any ad, like major adverse effects uh, reported, no seizures, no death, that sort of thing. With the um, Epidiolex trials with GW Pharmaceuticals, they gave people really massive doses and also showed, you know, it was very safe, not toxic. However, it's important to note that there are drug to drug interactions and uh, it's important to investigate those. And we don't need to get into all the details mm-hmm. here, but if you want to go to projectcbd.org, uh, under the news section, they actually just published a, a primer on drug-to-drug interactions. Um, what I will tell everybody that's listening is, if you know, it's not a showstopper. I'm not telling it to scare you off or anything. Um, it's very safe. But if you're taking a medication that also has a warning about whether or not you should eat grapefruit, which is common on uh, anti-epileptic drugs, common on a lot of blood thinners, that's a, that's an indicator that you should have uh, an additional conversation with your doctor. And if your doctor doesn't understand what you're talking about, you might bring them this primer from uh, Project CBD uh, to help educate them on the topic. Wow. What a packed house of information for the person who who's, who's obviously into these type of conversations on this podcast, because it's been a gray area. And I mean, I talk to people every single day and you know, as as much as like people know a certain vitamin or mineral or protein, I mean, they're still in the first grade with CBD and where they could be in the 12th grade or in the college level on the nutritional supplements. We have a lot more to learn. We already know a, a good amount. But the biggest thing to me is finding partners you can trust along this way. And that is what's always been so frustrating is everybody, you know, sings a good song. But the main thing you need to look for is companies and individuals who have the ethics and who have the passion, who actually tell the truth. One thing I've 
certainly found is if a company, you can't find where the buck stops with someone in a company and it's spread across departments and stockholders, just run from them. It's generally not going to be a happy ending. So, Devin, thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom today. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, One thing I said last time, and I really, really love this poem, and I want to read it one more time because it means a lot to me. Uh, I don't divide the world into the weak and the strong or the successes or the failures, those who make it or those who don't. I divide the world into learners and non-learners. People who listen to this holistic navigator are learners, and I am proud of all of you. Well, that's it. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And just so you know, you can now find us on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a review and subscribing, that really helps us get the word out about this podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit the holisticnavigator.com and drop us a note. We really love hearing from everyone who's tuning in. Until next time, I'm Ed Jones. And remember, when a doctor cannot do good, he must be kept from doing harm. Thank you.